You're listening to DA Rockstar's podcast, a podcast for dental assistants. I'm your host, Rhonda Holman. I've been a dental assistant for 20 years and I've learned a thing or two along the way. And here's what I've learned. We have to band together to share our pearls so that we can all grow and achieve rockstar status. Well, hi guys, welcome back to the show. As always, my goal here at DA Rockstars is to supply you with the rockstars in our career field, in our industry. And oh my gosh, do I have two to show off today? Michelle Strange, India Chance, level up. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm sure anybody <laughs> listening to this, you guys know who these girls are, but I want I want to know how you guys met and how you developed this passion to help other people and like what that actually is. Oh, thanks for having us. We're yes, excited. Thank you. This is great. Um, this, this will be interesting to see if India and I still have like have the same story. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Of how we met. Um, okay. I guess I'll, I'll throw in there that um, I have always been this infection control nerd. I loved it. I was always had this proclivity to be the one uh, that was like, are y'all right? Wiping that down twice for y'all? y'all are doing that. Right. <laughs> so I really dove into that nerdiness, uh, maybe four years ago now and started going to more OSAP conferences and India, um, was on my radar when I was doing a tale of two hygienist podcast, um, because she did infection control, but also, um, what is it called? Panda India? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's how right? we kind of first met mm-hmm. uh, child yeah. and awareness. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so after that, we saw each other at an OSAP conference and we met up and we were both talking about, well, Andy, I think mentioned that she wanted to start a podcast. And I was like, oh my God, there needs to be an infection control podcast in the world. And we kind of, I guess, grew on that a little bit. Andy, you could throw in some uh, things that I might be forgetting. And we both kept saying like how fragmented this all is. It's so great that we're here getting our education, but for me being in it, um, a lot later in my career than India, India has been doing it for a lot longer. Um, I was like, this is just so fragmented. It's so hard. Like I want to be an infection control coordinator, but I'm overwhelmed and I'm actively trying to learn this stuff. Like, this is what I want to do. And she's like, yeah, you know, it is, it's crazy how it's all over the place. It's overwhelming. And so we kind of came up with this idea to create, um, an infection control coordinator course so that we could elevate that role that that we do, I think both believe so, um, so, uh, so like wholeheartedly in and yeah, so we created level up. What did I miss India? Um, not much. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> Michelle, uh, like Michelle said, we met at, um, like in person at an OSAP conference. And for those who don't know what OSAP is, it's the organization, uh, for safety, asepsis and prevention. It is one of the, I would say the only organization, it's a national organization that promotes dental safety in this country. And so they do a lot of work. So if you've not checked them out, it's osap.org, osap.org. Um, yeah, we met at an OSAP conference and we got inv- both got invited to dinner. We sat across from each other. We chatted. We were talking about all types of stuff, uh, definitely infection control. And um, I remember leaving the dinner saying to myself, because I had mentioned I wanted to do a podcast, but my biggest thing was it's so much work to do by myself. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I don't even know where to start. And I remember saying to myself, if this is meant to be, 
um, let Michelle come up to me or come to me and say, hey, let's do a podcast. And and so the next day when we ran into each other at the conference, she's like, hey, I have an idea. I don't know if you'd be interested in it, <laughs> but um, she's like, would you want to do a podcast? You know, would you want to do, you know, do that podcast together that we talked about last night? I was like, oh my gosh, this is it, you know? So uh, yeah, so we started Level Up. Uh, Michelle and I chose to focus on the infection control coordinator because we felt like that position in the office actually really touches every single person, whether that's involved in a dental visit, whether it's the doctor, whether it's the dental hygienist, whether it's the dental assistant, or whether it's the patient. And so we, that's why we really kind of uh, zeroed in. And our goal is to create infection control champions with Level Up. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. Oh, oh, you guys. Okay. Um, everybody listening to this, I mean, as soon as your, your lips started moving and we could hear the words coming out of your mouth, we think back to that one DA or heart, yeah, RDH that we saw like grab dirty instruments with a bare hand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> as Michelle says, her skin itches. She gets, really yeah, itchy. I get really, I'm allergic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so who, who initiates this? Okay. Like, let's say I work in a rural town. I have one dentist, one hygienist, one dental assistant. Um, I don't have any standards for infection control other than, um, you know, this is how it's always been done. You know, that mentality, like how, who gets the ball rolling? Does the dentist do it? Does the assistant do it? Like, or, you know, like who, how, how do you find your candidates for the program? Hmm. That's a good question. And I definitely India, correct me if I'm going in the wrong direction, but I, I think it's going to be, we would like to see it come from the practice owner, I think initially, um, because that means that they, they're ready, right. They're ready to see their office and their team, uh, improve their protocols or e confirm and validate what they're doing is what's right. Um, but I think a lot of times it is going to come from the dental assistant, uh, because the dental assistant is very much like, the, the, the keeper of a lot of, uh, organization and, uh, schedule maintenance or, you know, just keeping everybody on time. And they're the ones that can step away from the dentist as they're providing care to make sure that the everything's flowing really well. And people are, are doing the hand hygiene and the sport test is getting done all the things that we have to do. Right. Um, so I think it's probably going to come from the DA and then followed by the hygienist, the RDH. Um, but what we want at Level Up is that the program is going to benefit everyone, uh, the practice and the ICC. And what I mean by that is, so what happens a lot of times, um, and I, India, were you a dental assistant? Why is that blinking in my, my mind? Yes. I feel like you mm -hmm. were, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So I think all three of us are, are and have been dental assistants. And we have all experienced when, um, let's say, uh, India knew that she was supposed to be doing the sport test on Wednesdays and India got sick and couldn't come in. <laughs> and then I'm the hygienist. I'm like, well, like, I know it, I see it in there. I, I think I pop it in this like little thing over here, but I don't know where, I don't know what the flow is of that. Like, what do I do? And then the office 
is at a, you know, setting themselves up for a potential infection control breach or not following their infection control protocols. And so with this program, you're going to create these standard operating procedures. You're going to create these written protocols, which would fall in line with your um, written infection control program. And so if that assistant is out, if that assistant, you know, goes on maternity leave or paternity leave, and, or they leave the practice, guess what? The office isn't going to be in a crutch, right? Like we're, they're not going to be like, oh my gosh, I don't know what this dental assistant did. I know I got to test water lines. I know I got to do this indicator test that makes sure our stuff is getting sterilized. I know I got to clean this autoclave. I don't know how to do any of those things, but it's all written down and it's all created. So it's going to benefit the practice. But then the person going through this training, the ICC is going to be able to put that on their resume. They're going to be able to replicate this in another office because they will have this knowledge on how to create a standard operating procedure and also a written infection control program and be the, the manager, the, the keeper of this, uh, infection control program. So, I think it's going to benefit everybody, but I think it's going to, I hope it starts with the practice owner and then probably the dental assistant. Would you say that's true, India? Um, of course, in an ideal world, we'd love all right. of the dental <laughs> practice owners to contact us and sign up all of their ICCs. Um, but the reality is, unfortunately, there's a lot of offices that don't even have a person in that role. They, you know, and so for whatever reason. And so I think it does have to come from, uh, you know, the dental assistant uh, who wants to say, hey, look, you know, we need to get this under control. And let me just say this with kind of the program that we've created, creating these protocols that Michelle mentioned, uh, this is going to allow everybody to work more efficiently, which means when you're working more efficiently, that means you're able to, your productivity increases. And that's music to a dental practice, practice owner's ears when, you know, everybody's working efficiently, um, not to mention our protocols address supplies and supply costs and things like that. Um, it, like I said, it, it, it addresses um, uh, efficiency when you're, you know, um, when you're working efficiently and things like that. So, uh, you know, I think that, you know, Michelle is spot on when she says that it does have to come from, you know, most likely it's going to come from the dental assistant. And, you know, also too, this is a great opportunity for a dental assistant to uh, enhance their skill set uh, bring more value to the practice, which eventually could possibly, uh, you know, result in increased compensation. And so I think this is an opportunity because sometimes as a dental assistant, I've been there, you kind of hit a ceiling and this is like kind of where you are. And so I think adding to your skill set really can afford you some great opportunities as you are continuing your career as a dental assistant. Oh yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I I've been doing this 23 years now and there is that ceiling and there are totally dental assistants out there constantly complaining about how do I get more money? How do I get more money? Well, here you guys, India and Michelle are handing you this little baby that could potentially elevate your financial bracket. <laughs> you know, like the, and, and I love the fact that you're doing this for yourself, right guys? 
you're doing this for the integrity. Like you could sleep better at night knowing that you didn't transfer hep A or hep B or that you didn't, you know, possibly contaminate something unknowingly or, or, you know, that whole ignorance is bliss thing. You guys, it's, it's not real. It doesn't exist, especially in healthcare. And I think with level up, it just makes so much sense because there's a lot of things I still don't know that I would go to a professional like you guys who literally you, you like laser beam focus in on this stuff that we deal with every day, but you know, are kind of like iffy on the answers and, and, and can I get a sneak peek real quick? Cause I'm, I'm thinking about the iffy part. Are all utility gloves created equal when <laughs> transferring instruments from the ultrasonic? <laughs> well, let me just say this. The first thing I'm going to say to that is please do not think that dishwashing gloves that you use for dishwashing, you know, washing your dishes are the same as utility gloves. I walked into an office and there was an assistant and that's what, and they were nice. They were really pretty. They were pink with flowers all over them. But unfortunately, those are not the utility gloves that Michelle and I talk about in uh, our level up infection prevention course. So no, they are not created equal. But Michelle, can you share about the the ones that you used, I think you used it in a video that I've used yeah. in my presentations. Um, can you talk about those? Cause those are pretty cool. I have a lot of offices, ICCs that use those and they love those. Yeah. So I have also, I, I the, the utility glove battle, the debacle around utility gloves. It makes me laugh because it is one of those things that we have to use um, to prevent um, percutaneous injuries, um, from that nasty cesspool water from our ultrasonics, um, from getting down into our gloves, potentially getting into any cracked fingers, open wounds, things like that on our hands. Plus you guys, we are exposed to chemical after chemical after chemical. Every single thing that we do in dentistry is like chemicals. So it's one of the hazards that we face our occupational hazards. So it's so important to use gloves, but on the flip side of that, they suck. <laughs> I'm going to be real frank with you. They're bulky. They're big. They're annoying. I drop things with it. I feel like I'm cross-contaminating if I have ones that are too big and they're annoying, but I promise you, you can train through it. And what India was talking about is that I've tried a bunch of different gloves. I, I found one or two brands that fit my little, uh, child size hands, but the one that I like to use the most are actually a disposable version from Halyard and they go all the way up to your elbow. Um, they are disposable. So they come out of a box like exam gloves do, but they, um, according to their IFUs, they are instructions for use and in their, uh, their information on their website. They do meet the, um, puncture resistant standards that are out there. Uh, so it's from Halyard. They're disposable. They have extra small, which is what I use. Um, and, but I toss them when they're done. That means there is a little bit more of a cost to this. Um, but right now, uh, I always found it really interesting and India, I know you were doing this too, but when we just had this glove shortage and I think we're still kind of in it, they're very expensive. Uh, we're getting nasty used gloves from people. India, I think you just posted about that. Um, so we had this glove shortage issue and I think both India and I were like, okay, well, this is a great time to start using utility gloves for operatory turnover and instrument reprocessing because you're saving on gloves. And everybody was like, mm, yeah, 
no. And we're like, what? <laughs> this is the time. It's <laughs> exactly. affecting your wallet. And this is the time to get used to it. And they're like, mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. And I think how awesome would it be for you as a dental assistant, if you were to implement some protocols that actually saved the dental practice owner some money? Um, I think that would be a huge plus uh, for the value that you bring to the practice. Um, and so this is just one of the ways that we train on in our program on really how you're, you know, implementing these protocols that not only uh, comply with the CDC guidelines, but they also have, you know, several other benefits. Uh, and one of those being reducing supply costs. Yeah. You and know, I, it's, I, it's funny because like, sorry. sorry guys, but if, if no, I was okay. to, all right, let's say I'm the dental assistant, my, we don't have something like that established in the office. And I always going to go propose to my doctor that I'd be the guy, you know, um, I would, I would probably, honestly, I'd use scare tactics. I'm like, Hey, did you hear about this office in Massachusetts, you know, where they contaminated instruments and they weren't sterilizing and, and they're getting sued or, Hey, did you hear about this transfer of HIV or that pediatric practice in Florida? Like, like this is a big deal. It's not impacting you, but what if it does? You have nothing set up. And then follow that by, oh, by the way, we can actually make this a profitable investment. And, you know, it's like an insurance policy. And I just want to throw out there, like, you are worthy of protecting yourself and having the right products to protect yourself. I, so India and I were actually in an office. Do you remember this India? And I pulled out the, um, it was like the enzymatic cleaner, um, for the ultrasonic. And I, I'm always, I'm the person that flips it over on everything, my food, (laughs) any products, I I flip it over. What's in this? What are the warning labels? Um, the, it said, oh gosh, I'm not gonna, this is not verbatim, but something about like infertility and spontaneous abortion, something about like how this chemical could cause infertility. And my brain just immediately went, all right, people are sticking their bare hands in this ultrasonic. We know that happens still. Not only are they doing that, but they're sticking exam gloves that can degrade and they're keeping that enzymatic cleaner on it as they go through the process until they finally take them off once they've loaded the autoclave. Right. But then on the flip side, and we don't think about that, right? We don't think about it. You know, we're just going through the process, not thinking about what we just stuck our hands in and what's potentially seeping through our gloves and onto our skin. And that could then harm our body. But the, the flip side is the moment somebody is trying to get, trying to get pregnant or is pregnant x-rays got, it's like taboo. You want me to do x-rays? And I'm like, let's talk about this because we have a lot of things in place to keep us safe. If you are somebody that is taking radiographs during pregnancy, but then you go and you stick your hand in an ultrasonic bath that has an enzymatic cleaner that could cause fertility issues. Not, and that on top of the fact that we grab our disinfectant wipes with our bare hands, just, you know, once, but those chemicals build up in our system over time. And so we really want to make sure that we are keeping ourselves safe, not just from percutaneous injuries. Yes. We have to be concerned about, uh, healthcare associated infections and infection control breaches, but like 
this is our livelihood. This is our career. This is the thing that we want to do to provide for ourselves and our family. And some of us enjoy it. <laughs> you know, we want to keep doing it for a really long time. So we, the, the guidelines around utility gloves and things like, you know, sharp safety is not just to be annoying. It's because you matter and these things will help protect you. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember too, that exam gloves, although most of the disinfectants, pretty much all of them that we use in the dental office do have manufacturer instructions for use, stating that we can use uh, disposable exam gloves. But in reality, those exam gloves do not uh, have the integrity to protect us from chemical exposure. It's less than like 26 seconds to for our bodies, our skin to absorb chemicals. Uh, remember that a lot of the ultrasonic um, uh, chemicals and disinfectants and cleaners that we're using um, are in the highest EPA toxicity category. And so it is important that you know we understand that we, like Michelle said, we deal with these chemicals all the time throughout the day. And the point is we don't want to add more toxicity to our bodies while we're at work because there's enough that we have to deal with outside of work <laughs> than you know, what we're dealing with inside of work. And so um, it is important you know, as you know, infection control uh, educators, we're not here to be the sheriff. We're not here to browbeat you. We're just here to remind you, like Michelle said, you matter. And it's important to take care of yourself because at the end of the day, you know, you want to make sure that when you're done with this career, whatever age you are, you're able to move on and do something else. And you're not experiencing any type of work-related injuries or anything like that, that could hinder you from having quality of life. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You guys just totally blew my mind. Um, yeah. Totally changed the entire perspective of how I saw this. The fact that, you know, putting our safety first and it's cumulative damage. You know, and that's the thing that I, even I, I remember <laughs> back in the 90s, rolling up my little amalgam ball, getting ready to do a, you know, whole fucking ball, <laughs> yeah. F or what was it, WFB, uh, <laughs> back that bad boy in the matrix. Right, exactly. <laughs> now thinking about it, I'm like, what did I do with that mercury in my fingers? And like, right. Um, yeah, but that's, that's, I mean, you guys just shined a light on something even I wasn't thinking about, like personal safety, like this is for us as much as it is for them. And I love that you, you highlighted that because it's, it's super important and, and we do matter. And, and our dentists need to, you know, if they're not willing to be our advocate, we have to be our own advocate. Yeah. I think that's important too. You know, a lot of times we, um, you know, in dentistry, historically and traditionally, um, you know, the responses have been, oh, we can't afford that. Oh, we don't do that. Oh, this is how we've always done it. But um, this is a new day and a new time. And, and we really have to make sure that we're advocating for ourselves. We have a right. Um, it's our, it's, you know, we have a legal right to be protected while we're working. And there are definitely, um, you know, OSHA has plenty of, you know, standards and mandates that dental practice owners have to follow. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, and you said the key word, um, Rhonda, it's advocate. You need to advocate mm -hmm. for yourself. You need to treat your operatories as if they're your own, like that's your dental practice. You need to utilize the tools and devices that we have in these offices 
um, to protect yourself. And if you are working in an office where you don't have utility gloves, if you're working in an office where you don't have what you need, then, you know, um, and not to just, you know, plug our, <laughs> our program, but that's a lot of the stuff that we talk about in in the program, like what you should have, the tools that you should have to perform your job and, you know, your duties. And so I think it is important for you to educate yourself. That would be the first place that I would start. Rhonda, I know you had asked, you know, how do I get started? I mean, the first place is, you know, obviously you are aware, you know, that something needs to change. And once you have awareness, now you need to take action. And so that first step would be, you need to get educated on, you know, what is going on? What exactly are we supposed to be doing? And one of the things that we decided to do with our program is um, we kind of have our uh, two opportunities with our program. The first opportunity is called Jumpstart. And um, it's a quick one hour kind of overview of all of the things that a, an infection control program should uh, have in a dental practice. Um, and I think it's a great place for dental assistants to start to become educated and understand, oh, I see we are not doing this, we're not doing this, we're not doing that, or oh, we are doing this, that, and the third, like we're doing all of those things. Um, and it's low cost, it fits within, you know, a dental assistance budget so that if you are working for a dentist who, you know, does not offer continuing education or anything like that. This is something very reasonable for a, on a dental assistant salary that they could take this course and really um, get equipped with some tools and some information that you need to then go to your doctor, have the conversation with him or her and say, hey, these are the things that we're doing. That's great. But here's the things that we're not doing. And so we need to kind of work on these. And here are some solutions and some ideas I have on how we could do this. And, um, you know, I think that it's but it's very important. We are going to have to advocate for ourselves. Mm. And I would throw in there. We just because we all graduated or gathered a certificate or went to some kind of training to have the role that we have in dentistry does not mean that we are experts in infection control. It means we are able to perform infection control procedures, but there are a lot of nuances to creating an infection control plan and program and to be the lead infection control, like coordinator or preventionist. It is not that I have a degree in dentistry. And I think people are like, oh, well, Michelle's a hygienist. She should know that. Why? Why should I know that? Like I was taught how to do infection control uh, protocols, you know, properly do my instruments and things like that, but not at the end of the day, I was there to learn how to be a dental hygienist and I can perform these duties as I need to, but uh, am I making sure that sport tests are being done every time I go into the office? Now I am because I'm such a, you know, I'm like looking for things when I go into offices, but no, as a dental hygienist, if I was just rolling in temping or something like I know I can go through the process of sterilizing my instruments and breaking down my room, but am I thinking about, okay, uh, waste management? Are they, do they have an amalgam separator? Are they doing all the little things they need to do to prevent infection control breaches? Probably not. And I know that's a bold statement in our profession. <laughs> <laughs> I think too, it's important to understand that if dental practices don't have a strong infection prevention program in place, 
it's a, it's you know you you're you're running a risk of getting an, an state board inspection and i've uh, you know i've been telling a lot of my clients lately listen this you know these state board inspections this isn't the situation like with you know the pandemic where you got shut down and the government came in like you know the knight in shining armor and gave the ppp loans so everybody was still able to you know, get paid and things like that, you know, and stay employed or get unemployment. When it when a dental practice is shut down because of infection control breaches and things like that, there is no income coming in. And so that means when there's no income coming in, most likely none of the employees will continue to get paid. And so we really do have to kind of look at it from more than just, okay, CDC says we have to, you know, uh, do the sport test every week, or we have to do, we will have to wear the utility gloves. This goes a little bit beyond that. If your office is shut down and the dental board says, hey, you can't open back up, you can't do anything. That means everybody is, is affected. And so I think it is important for, you know, that's one of the reasons why, like I said earlier, we chose to focus on the ICC because this person really, uh, you know, can touch every person on the team. You know, they're the duties that get implemented and managed by the ICC affect everyone on the team. And so it really does uh, help to prevent these breaches so that you can prevent those legal inspections and those audits and things like that. I love it. I love it. Okay. All right. Sold. Where do we go? <laughs> So you can uh, definitely learn more. You could take that jumpstart course that India was talking about um, that gives you also one free CE that's um, at levelupip.com. And if you're ready to jump in, you're like, okay, we don't have this plan. I don't even need to start with this course to tell me that I need to do this. Uh, you can jump right into beyond the basics, which will give you um, hours worth of information. And we built it so that you can jump around. So if you've been taking all the world's PPE webinars because of the pandemic, and you're like, no, instrument reprocessing is where we need to start. You can dive right into that and start creating your standard operating procedures. And then after you graduate that beyond the basic course, we are going to start creating this community of infection control coordinators. So you could have a monthly membership and we can all help each other because Andy and I know a lot, but we don't know it all. And you might have some amazing idea that makes storage of something so much better, or you found those utility gloves that fit everyone in your office, like share it with the community so that we can all create these safe dental visits and, um, create the safety culture in the practice. That's so important, but you can do that at levelupip.com. I love yeah, it. And I, and I just want to say one, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, oh, no, Linda. no. I just want to jump on Michelle real quick. And, and mm -hmm. the fact that if it's not top of mind, a lot of times I know as a dental assistant for the last two decades, that if it's out of sight, out of mind, like it, it doesn't yeah. become a priority. And so when you guys are creating this community, like that is why. Because if mm -hmm. you're not surrounded by like-minded people, there's a chance that it does fall to the wayside and that you let things drip and drop and whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I want to just speak directly to those dental assistants who got approached by the dental practice owner. That owner realizes we need to have an ICC and it's your job now. And so um, what I would say to you guys is definitely have a conversation with the practice owner to let them know that uh, 
in order to do this position, you need to get some training. And we would recommend that you start, if that's the situation, we definitely would recommend that you, like Michelle said, jump right into beyond the basics, because that's going to give you the comprehensive overview for you to even get started. Michelle and I have received several kind of, you know, emails and just messages and things from, you know, dental assistants saying, you know what, I just got this position and I have nowhere, I don't even know where to start. I go online. It's so overwhelming. It's so confusing. I don't even know what, where to, what I'm supposed to do. And so the R beyond the basics course would be a great place to start and make that a condition, uh, you know, uh, for you to even take the position that you want to be able to get trained so that you can do uh, a successful job, uh, you know, do it correctly and really get the team on board so that everything is, you know, in compliance for the practice. I love it. Oh, well, thank you ladies so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to enhance the dental assistants lives. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks for you. having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into DA Rockstars. Until next time, keep on suctioning. <laughs>